Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley Young and welcome in. Whether you are a returning listener or a new listener, I am so thrilled that you are here and I cannot wait to talk to you about today's topic. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And if you've been around for a while, or if you have ever seen any of the stuff that I do with Casual to Confident Piano Player, then you know that smarter, not harder is uh, something that I say all the time. I say it all the time. And I teach adult piano players how to practice smarter, not harder so that they can play beautifully. Um, And it's not only something that I teach to piano players and to other piano teachers in their businesses when I coach them, it's kind of a life philosophy for me. Um, I really like to be effective and efficient because I like to have time and energy to do the things I want, right? I think one of the things that Uh, can be a little bit unfortunate about, at least here in the United States, is that there's like this live to work kind of mentality that we seem to have in our culture. Um, But I like to work to live, right? I I don't want my work to take up all of my time or all of my energy. I want to have energy and time for my family, for my friends, for my hobbies, for the things that fulfill me outside of work. Work also fulfills me in like a very, very big way. Um, But I like to have some of that energy reserved for other things. So working smarter, not harder is always on my mind. I'm always creating systems and organizing and figuring out how to optimize so that I can be as smart as possible and work the least hard as possible. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about how to do that, how to work smarter, not harder in your business to save yourself time and energy. Now, I want to preface this episode by saying that, oh my gosh, it's funny some of the things I'm going to talk about. And I love this idea that my very best friend in the entire world, shout out to Victoria, um, told me a lot a long time ago. And she, she talked about this idea of her future self, right? And this idea of doing things in the present moment that your future self will be grateful for. And when she shared that idea with me, it really struck a chord and hit home with me because I think I'm an impatient person and I like to get things done quickly. I like to move on. I like to move through things. And that has led me in the past to like cutting corners or to doing things short-sightedly, like to just get them done in the moment, but not really thinking about how it will work later or how it will look later. And this idea of making my future self grateful has really changed the way that I run not only my life, but a lot of things in my business. And I want you to wrap your your head around that idea as we go into this episode, because a lot of times working smarter, not harder, it's not just about time, right? Because if I'm, if I'm like only choosing to save myself time, I might be cutting corners that then create more work for me in the future. And the same is true about money. Like if I'm only doing something that is making me the most amount of money, sure, it might make me a lot of money right now, but in the future, it might not be in alignment with what I want for my business long term. And so the idea of making your future self grateful 
or of taking care of your future self is really a central part of working smarter, not harder. Um, and that really helps keep you in alignment and keep you on the path that's right for you. If you think about, will my future self be happy I did it this way? Will I be grateful? Will I be thankful? Or does this save me time or money now, but create more pain later or create more work later? It's, a, it's just a very helpful check-in and a very helpful compass to help you make those decisions um, that genuinely will help you work smarter, not harder in your business so that you can genuinely save yourself time and energy, not only right now in this moment, but in the long term. Now, before we dive in to today's topics, I would love if you have been enjoying the podcast, would you be willing to rate it? and or review it and or share it on your social media accounts and tag me. I would absolutely love it. First of all, I, I love seeing when people share the podcast. I love hearing when it's been helpful. It lights me up. It fills me up like no other. Um, and so if you've been getting some good educational materials out of this content, if you've been learning, if you've been feeling inspired and you wouldn't mind taking a minute to do that, that would really mean a lot to me. Okay. So the first way to work smarter, not harder in your business is to stay organized or implement organizational systems that will help you work smarter, not harder. Now I'll give you a couple, I'm going to give you like the, the main idea, and then I'll give you a couple of examples of how you can do this so that it feels a little bit more concrete. Uh, one of the most life-changing things I ever did a long time ago was I started, uh, at, well, it was at the time it was just a long running Google doc and then it became more organized over time. But I started a Google folder that had my answers to frequently asked questions. Okay. And you can think about this regardless of where you are in your business. This can be a helpful thing to do. So if you're at a stage in your business where you're getting inquiries about lessons, start a Google, a Google folder, right? And save the answers to your most commonly asked questions. And that way you can just copy and paste. And sure, you might copy and paste and like slightly tweak them depending on what the questions are and who's sending the emails, but having those answers there to copy and paste saves you not only time because you don't have to keep typing out the same thing over and over and over again. It saves you energy because it's not just about time. Like when you're sitting there and you're trying to remember like, Oh, okay. How much do I charge? And how do I explain, you know, how much you need to practice and da, 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 da. Like it takes so much mental bandwidth and energy to come up with that information. But if it's already there and you can copy and paste it, even if you're tweaking it, even if you end up tweaking it quite a bit, it's going to save you so much time and so much energy. Another way that I have organized um, in the past is to use Google contacts. And this is something that I did for a really long time before my business evolved um, to the point that I had like a customer uh, management software. I had Google contacts and I had all of my students in there and they were um, saved as a group. And it was just like, you know, my studio or studio 2023 or studio, whatever I named the group. And so every time I wanted an email to go out to all of my students, instead of sitting there and trying to remember who is currently in the studio and typing in all of their email addresses, I just had to put one address in the two, right. In the send to field, I just had to say like studio 2023. And then it would automatically fill all, all of that information in. And I didn't have to waste the time or the energy filling in the contact information of every person that was in my studio. Now, yes, this did mean that when I got a new student, I had to take the two minutes to go into Google contacts and make sure that they were a part of that group. This also meant that when students quit, I had to take the two minutes to go edit the group and make sure that I removed those people from that group. 
But that that is a great example of working smarter, not harder and making my future self grateful. Because by taking the two minutes when the new student signed up to update the group in the Google contacts, saved me so much time every time I sent a monthly newsletter or every time I sent out an email about a recital. Um, and so even though it took a little bit of time to keep it updated and to organize that system, it ultimately saved me a lot of time and energy. Uh, another simple example of this is using bookmarks on your desktop or Google Drive to keep things in the same place so that you don't have to waste the time and mental energy to search for it every time. And this is similar to the first two, but I'm thinking more along the lines of like pieces that you teach all the time, right? Like I have bookmarks on my, because I now work with a lot of adult piano players, I have bookmarks on my um, internet browser to Claire de Lune. I have bookmarks to the Moonlight Sonata. I have bookmarks to like a lot of, uh, to A River Flows In You, like to a lot of the most common pieces that people want to play or that people use as examples often because they just come up a lot. And so instead of having to take the 10 minutes to open up my cabinet with my music in it and find the book that has it, or instead of taking 10 minutes to search for it on IMSLP, I have bookmarks to those pieces that come up often so that I don't have to search for them every time. I also do this with other things in my business. Like I have um, a bookmark to a blog post that has a list of a hundred action verbs that are very powerful. And I use that page all the time when I'm writing content. And so it's bookmarked. So I don't have to search for it every time and I don't have to find it every time. Um, pardon if you are hearing some background noise. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that I recorded that I have a very excited and happy and playful almost four-year-old that is home from preschool at the moment. Um, she's out for the summer and she is not, her summer camps haven't quite started. So she is playing with her babysitter. So even though I have my headphones on and my microphone set to cancel out background noise, um, you're probably still hearing a little bit of banging around. All is good. Everyone is safe. It is just the sound of a happy child enjoying their summer break. Um, okay, one last way to organize is to keep your actual physical space organized. And this is something that I believe really strongly in. And I know that some people are, this won't resonate with you. So, you know, if, if you don't agree, you don't have to take this tip, but I am a really strong believer in the physical space that you are working in, reflecting what you want your business to look like. And if you want your business to be organized, and if you want to be working at a higher level, you want to be expanding, you want to be making more money, you want to be, you know, creating relationships with more customers and, and having a bigger business overall, then your physical space also needs to be organized and it needs to be clean. And it needs to be a space where you can do the things you need to do in a way that is functional for you. And so keeping your workspace, whether that's clean, organized, keeping the things you need easily accessible, you know, to the best that you can. I know some people um, I haven't always had my own dedicated workspace and that's been more difficult in different seasons of life and business, but to the, to the point that you can try to keep it as functional and as organized and as clean as you can, it's going to make you everything you do in your business so much easier if you have the space set up to do it to the best that you are able to do that. Okay. The next thing that you can do to work smarter, not harder in your business to save yourself time and energy is to streamline and automate as much as you can. Okay. And this is something that I used to have a big mental block about. I used to have this mentality of like, well, you know, the time that it's going to take me to set up the automations is so much so that why should I even automate it? And <laughs> that's just, that's just bad. <laughs> it's just a bad way of thinking. It's, it was a total false belief. It was a limiting belief that I held for a long time. Um, and if you hold that belief, I feel you, I understand I have been there, but it is not true. 
uh, any time that you take up to streamline and automate something will save you so much time and energy in the future. It is well worth it. Um, one of the things that I would highly recommend that you streamline and automate is billing and accepting payments from people. If you are, you guys, I kid you not. I will, I will be totally honest with you. Let's see what year is it? It is 2023. As recently as 2016 and 2017, I was literally writing down in a notebook how much money people owed me and sending individual emails to individual families to tell them how much they owed and to get them to pay me. And if you're doing that, I feel you because I held out for a long time. There were so many people that came along in my business journey and were like, this is madness. What are you doing? You need to have a better system. And I was like, nope, I like my system. It works for me. Don't tell me how to run my business. So I get it. I've been there. But automating billing and automating payments was one of the single-handed best things that I've ever done in my business. Not only because it saved me the time and energy of having to do it every month, but because when you set up an automation or when you creatively think about how to streamline something, it levels up your brain that allows you to continue to level up. So automating payments freed up creative energy for me. And it made my brain work in a different way that uh, then allowed me to think about how could I automate other things? How could I streamline other things? This is also true because if you are thinking, if you're sitting there and you're thinking like, oh, I want to be able to automate payments or billing, but like my billing system is too complicated because everyone is paying a different amount each month, or I have all of these varying costs, or you know, my the, the amount people pay me is changing every month depending on how many makeup lessons they have, X, Y, and Z. That's a good indicator that there are also other areas of your business that you could up-level, right? If you can't streamline or automate something because what you're trying to streamline or automate is too complicated, that's a red flag. Okay. And that's, that, that like points you in another direction of another area where you could potentially level up if you were willing to make some changes. Okay. Um, another way that you can streamline or automate is Google forms. I love Google forms. I wish that I, I am not endorsed or affiliated with Google forms. They do not pay me, but I reckon, I recommend Google forms to everyone. Um, Google forms is incredible. Um, oh, and sorry, this is disorganized, but on my last, uh, my last, um, topic of billing and accepting payments. I, again, not affiliated or paid in any way. I highly recommend Fonz to every single person I encounter. Um, it is the best platform that I have discovered for billing and accepting payments. You can also organize employees. They will help you, um, with payroll. They, you can have people book appointments through a calendar that's in Fonz. It is amazing. It is incredible. Shout out to Eric who started it. Um, Fonts is a must have if you are wanting to automate billing and accepting payments. Okay, back to Google Forms. Again, no endorsements for these recommendations. These are just my personal recommendations that I have used and that I recommend to everybody. So Google Forms is awesome because one, you can link it on your website, right? So it makes the process of acquiring customers really easy. It makes it really clear. I, for a long time on my website, I just said, if you're interested in lessons, fill out an inquiry form. And it linked to a form where people would just say, they would give me all their information, their name, their email address, the name of the students, how, if they were beginners, how long they had been playing, if they were transfer students, like you can collect information a lot easier instead of going back and forth via email. And so in that way, Google Forms are really nice to collect information because that it'll just save you a lot of back and forth. Um, and then you can also, there's a setting on Google Forms where you can have all of the responses 
for a Google form automatically put into a spreadsheet with the same title or with any title that you want. And so it creates an easier way for you to see the responses and also creates a spreadsheet with all of the information. So anyone that used to inquire about lessons, they would put in their name, they would put in their email address, their phone number, their address, the names of the students, the ages of the students, the birthdays of the students. And automatically, before they were even signed up for the lessons, I would have every single piece of information that I needed in a Google spreadsheet, which made it so easy for me to send out birthday cards to my students or to um, keep track of people's email addresses or people's phone numbers, all of that kind of stuff. And so that is such a an easy way to streamline and automate. Even if you have to go onto YouTube and you have to watch an hour long video about how to set up a Google form, it is worth it. It will save you so much time and energy later. Um, now at a higher level, there are so many tons, there are tons of paid apps and websites. I already mentioned Fonz. There is a subscription fee with Fonz. It is highly worth it. I now use Kajabi um, and that is a website and I'll include a link to that one in the description. That's, that's one where I organize like all of my online courses, all of my programs. That's where I host Casual the Confident Piano Player. It's where I create landing pages. It's also where I keep track of all of my contacts and where I send my email marketing. And so there's lots of sites like that um, that you can use at a higher level if you're um, once you're ready for that. But even starting with the simple things like Google Forms, it's a total game changer, regardless of what level you're at. If you're not using Google Forms, get started and start creatively thinking of all the ways that you can use Google Forms because it will help you streamline and automate in a big way. All right, the next way that you can work smarter and not harder, um, this one is a little bit, well, no, it's still a very concrete one, but it's a little bit more in line with like mindset and it is to always be checking in with your energy. And what I mean by that is you can start to do a little bit of an audit. So you could think about this on a monthly basis for starters, like really zoomed out. What are the tasks that you do regularly that suck your energy? So for example, maybe you are still trying to collect money from people, right? And maybe it takes you a pretty significant amount of time and energy to reach out to people to say, hey, you haven't paid me yet, or hey, you owe this amount of money. If that is something that sucks your energy and takes a lot of your time, that is one of the first things you should try to organize and streamline, right? And you can do this on a weekly basis too. Like maybe on a weekly basis, um, you send out a newsletter and maybe that newsletter is taking a lot out of you. Are there ways that you could streamline the process? Either using Google contacts, like I mentioned, or maybe there's a way you could get one of your teenage students involved in helping create the newsletter, or maybe there's a way you could hire someone to do the newsletter for you. Or maybe you might reevaluate and say, you know, once a month is good enough for a newsletter. It doesn't need to be every week, but checking in with yourself about your energy levels of like, what do you do in your business that gives you energy versus what do you do in your business that sucks your energy? That can be a really great compass that points you in the direction of areas of your business that you need to reevaluate and that you might need to implement some organizational systems or streamlining or automation systems so that you can work smarter, not harder. Owning your own business can be really difficult. And I know a lot of people come to me for one-on-one -on -one coaching when they are feeling like their business is running their life as opposed to having a business that works for the kind of life they want. And a lot of that is being out of touch with your energy and being out of touch with like, what are the tasks you actually enjoy doing? What are the tasks that give you energy and make you feel excited? And what are the tasks that suck your energy? Now, obviously life can't always be perfect and roses and unicorns. And there are things that we have to do as business owners that 
we're not always going to want to do, right? Like I don't, I still have to do things in my business that I don't love doing. It's not about trying to only do the things you love to do, but it's about being honest with yourself about your energy and not ignoring the fact that you hate spending three hours a week doing X, Y, and Z, or that it really feels like it takes all of your energy to answer the same questions over and over and over again, right? That's a symptom of maybe having a better studio policy, maybe having better communication overall so that you don't have to keep answering the same questions. Um, one example of this is at one point, this was a while ago, I realized that I was really being drained. I was really feeling drained when I was teaching beginner piano lessons. And I, I, I love kids, right? I love kids and I love, I love, there are parts of teaching beginner lessons that I love. I love helping people discover like the joy and the excitement of music. I love the look on any age of student when they overcome a challenge or when they learn to read music or they understand the concept of a quarter note. Like I love that. But there was a season where I was recognizing that teaching beginner lessons was leaving me super depleted. And it went on long enough that I had to be honest with myself and I had to, to reconcile the fact that like, I didn't really want to be teaching beginner lessons anymore. I had done it for 10 years. I had spent a lot of time and energy. I, I at one point had a studio that was all focused on kid beginners. Um, so it involved me like changing my branding and changing my approach and completely changing the kind of student that I was looking for. But it was worth it because when I decided to not teach beginners anymore, I stopped being so sucked of energy, right? And I got my energy back and I started teaching more lessons where I felt like I was leaving the lesson with energy and I was actually even being given energy in some lessons versus leaving the lesson feeling like totally drained of energy and like I had nothing left to give. Um, another example of this is recently I had a coaching client who hired someone to create a website, right? And he was really thoughtful about it. And he was, he was very thoughtful about weighing the time that it would take to create the website, the amount of energy it would take him to create the website, and also the cost that it would, it would cost him to hire someone else to do it. And he ultimately decided that the time and the energy, <laughs> sorry about that, uh, were more valuable than the money. And so he spent the money to hire someone else to create the website. And for him, that was the right choice because it saved him time. It saved him energy and he felt good about paying someone else to do it. And so that was a really good example of him working smarter, not harder in a way that benefited him. So there are so many ways. I mean, I could talk about this, this topic endlessly, but I won't. Um, but in this episode, you have some really concrete ways that you can put this concept of working smarter, not harder to take care of yourself, to save yourself time and energy, and ultimately to make more money too, first, right? Because what you want in your business is important. Your time is one of the most important assets you have. Like time is the, you can't get it back, right? And same with your energy. Energy is a resource that is hard to uh, renew. Okay. And it's okay. If you want to have time to do other things, it's okay. If you don't want to feel totally energetically sucked in your business, I do not ascribe to the belief that owning your own business or being an entrepreneur has to be really hard. I don't, I choose not to believe that. I don't want that to be true. I, it has been true for me in the past, but I let go of that belief because it doesn't serve me. And I don't want that to be true. And it's also okay. If you want to be able to make more money, whether that's a ton of money or enough money to make ends meet or enough money to be comfortable, that's okay too. And working smarter, not harder is gonna help you achieve all of those things. So 
I leave you with that for today. I hope that you got something out of today's episode. I would love to hear if you did, you are welcome to message me on Instagram and let me know if there was something in this episode that resonated with you um, in a big way. I would love to hear that and have a great rest of your week. Pick, I challenge you to pick one of these things and implement it, just one. And if it sounds really overwhelming or really terrifying, then maybe pick the one that sounds the least scary or the one that sounds like it would be the easiest for you to accomplish and just check in with yourself, you know, try it implement it and then check in with yourself in a month and see if things are different and see if you've had any like level ups in your business. See if you've had any other areas of growth as a result of you organizing or streamlining or automating something. Um, because I, I can almost guarantee you will. I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. And I cannot wait to be here with you next week. See you later. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.